Yes. Hey, hey, can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, awesome. There we go. <laughs> Wicked. Yeah. I love you. You got the red microphone again. Yeah. I haven't seen that in a while. There you go. Yeah. I don't have the setup <laughs> you have, but I'm doing all right. Yeah, and we're not as drunk, but uh, with that red microphone's bringing back some bad memories and good memories and all <laughs> that's in between, Sammy. <laughs> nice to see you, though. Yo! Welcome, welcome, welcome to my summer lair. I'm your MC, Sammy. Talk hard. Yinan. I'm going to keep this introduction brief as Sean will properly introduce himself and his fresh-tastic podcast, The Creative Imbalance. Dude just hit a milestone of 150 episodes, though as he'll share his journey, there are clearly more than 150 episodes. This is a remarkable achievement because so many start a podcast and, well, they don't finish a podcast i don't know how else to put it like the technical term is pod fade this typically means with less than 10 episodes a podcast just abruptly stops issuing new episodes basically somebody gives up if we're being honest itunes is just a podcast graveyard a memorial of shattered dreams it is a lot of work to craft a podcast the classic war of attrition and despite that long hard war sean is still standing still smiling and still seeking growth he and i used to record in a bar in downtown toronto the pacific junction hotel bar and we've since transitioned into new formats and new styles while still having old fun as you'll hear sean is good with the technical eq and the emotional iq which makes him a truly special, if not quirky, podcast host. Here, listen to this, and you'll know exactly what I mean. It has been a long time, Sean. It's it, time has no meaning anymore now because of the pandemic. So, yeah. Uh, like I'll be thinking of somebody. I'm like, I should email them and see how they're doing, and then like a month will go by. I'm like, oh snap. Yeah, I agree too. Actually, on the the weekend, I saw Mel, who's the person who introduced me to you, and uh, she was like, "Oh, did you have you, have you talked to Sammy lately?" And I'm like, "No, actually." And then I felt bad. <laughs> yeah. And then literally, man, like one day later, you emailed me asking to do this. I was like, "Oh, cool." Yeah, cool. <laughs> <So> like, <laughs> yeah. It was in the it was in the stars. I was either gonna reach out because of feeling guilty, mm -hmm. but then you you beat me to the punch. So that's cool. Yeah. How was Mighty Mel doing and the kids? Oh, she's doing really, really well. Um, it was awesome. Uh, it was a, a mutual friend. Actually, you met him, and he was on your show at Joe Cash. It was his oh, birthday. Oh, yeah. The music guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the guitar guy. He's <laughs> in, uh, So uh, he had a little birthday in the park, and uh, Mel and her uh, her man, uh, Philly, mm -hmm. um, they had uh, they had a little break from the kids in the afternoon, pawned them off to the parents. So we, we had Good a job. couple beers in a park, and yeah, it was nice to catch up with them, too, because I haven't seen her or even to probably talk to her since like, I've talked to you too. You know, it's been yeah, a yeah. while since the world has, uh, <laughs> I don't know, came together. And I, I, we, we all went on our side quests <laughs> and, yeah. and like, and I like, 
you catch up with people and like everything's changed and or some people just hibernated and I don't know it's been it's been weird times and I, I feel like I'm still trying to process everything that's happened yeah there's some people were like you can't do any small talk with them because they haven't done anything for like two years mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's gone anywhere or like randomly met a celebrity or like found $20 on the floor. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no. yeah small talk is dead. Yeah. <laughs> or, or the opposite where people were just hibernated and they changed their entire life. So it's not like, like you to catch up, it's going to take like three to four hours. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want to get this party started? I'm down whenever you're ready, Sammy. All right, we got to start off with congratulations because you just posted your 150th episode. Yeah, you're on the ball. That was literally like five minutes ago, Sammy. So yeah. you've been you've been creeping the socials. <laughs> I, <laughs> look I how prepared this man is of this interview. <laughs> I spent like five minutes on social. I'm like, right, I got yeah. the gist of you, it. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you have like a ticker of every time I do something, take a shit, it just pops up. Sean, yeah. Sean did this. No, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> so 150 is good. Like, how do you how do you feel? Do you feel like you've accomplished something or like your life has meaning or how do you uh, No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? Um, I I am proud of it. I had this conversation with somebody uh, a few weeks ago where I'm always such a forward thinker. I don't step back and celebrate uh little small victories here and there, but now I'm getting a little more conscious of being proud of my legacy because it goes beyond the podcast itself. Mm -hmm. It's kind of uh, being involved with like a lot of special communities and very long story short. It's like, I never planned on making a podcast or getting into radio or something like that. It's just how my, I fell into like life. It made sense Mm -hmm. to, create the creative imbalance and tell people stories of just uh, people in the artist communities around me of stories that haven't been told really that are extra special. And, you know, Sammy, and you're, you're somebody who helped me and really put me on and, and gave me a, a, a platform for, for a good few years. And you've seen like some growth where it started off, like just having my friends and community in the, in the studio. And then it turns into a special thing where, I'm getting hit up, uh, not even reaching out for these interviews. And I'm looking at my email. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm a fan of this person. Like, Mm -hmm. this is so cool. (laughs) It's like uh, this crazy blessing. So to look at uh, the 150th and it goes beyond that. There was there was a I did like a little trial and error pilot show. So there's more than 150 episodes. There's some we we did in the bar that I couldn't post. (laughs) Um, Well, there's probably 200 episodes and there's like 39 one. We were just too drunk because the studio was in the bar and I'm like, oh, we shouldn't post that one. (laughs) But uh, but um, yeah, I'm beyond jokes aside. I'm very, very proud of uh, the legacy and the journey it's it's brought me. And uh, right now I've been very introspective and I'm thinking of the next step to make it grow. And um and yeah, it's uh, it's exciting and unknown times. So let's stick with introspection and introduce yourself. Uh, you already mentioned the show Creative Imbalance, but just give us like uh, an elevator pitch of kind of what this crazy show is and who are the type of guests you have. So introduce your name, the show, and then um, because you're a metalhead, tell me a couple of the, like your favorite metal bands. 
Yeah, awesome. Okay, that's a, that's a few questions in one. This, yeah. this should keep me talking for a bit. Yeah, I'm good gonna interview go a, skills. Yeah, I'm gonna go make a <laughs> yeah, sandwich yeah. now. <laughs> you just yeah. do the work. I'm done now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two minutes on that's social, a- one question, and I'm out. <laughs> Brother, that's genius. I got to take that move for my own show. <laughs> but uh, yeah, for people who don't know, my name is Sean Siriani. And um, very long story short, like I did tell you guys about the Creative Imbalance podcast. And I did mention that I never wanted to be a podcaster. It's something that just happened. Um, I But I always, like growing up, loved interviews and candid stuff. And back in the day, it was more rare to hear stuff like that. I, you, I used to like watch uh, much music a lot, and mm-hmm. uh, with your buddy George Strombolopoulos too. And, is he uh, your friend now too? I, I I wonder if he remembers me. We had a couple talks, and he's been <laughs> on the show. But <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you're homie. But uh, I used to grow up watching him, and uh, I used to tune into like Howard Stern when I was way too young to listen to that. <laughs> and I just always like just the candidness of behind the scenes and seeing uh musicians and artists like put portrayed like real people Mm -hmm. but like i mentioned like back in the day it was very rare and there's a couple people i gravitated to like uh some segments on much music like the new music and even how george would have a band on much loud which connects to your metal question was like oh my god it's like i only see these people in these music videos and they look all mean and scary. And I'm like, Oh, this is actually just a great guy. <laughs> and, uh, and, and like, I don't know. I, that always fascinated me. And uh, I guess that was like a little seed in my brain, but again, I never thought to pursue um, radio or even, I wasn't even thinking media in general, but uh, long story short, like I was just an all over the place, creative kid growing up. And when it came time to go to college, um, I, I know I wanted to leave my hometown of Niagara Falls just uh, and more not even because I knew what I wanted to do. I just wanted to party. And all my buddies were uh, they went to Mohawk College in Hamilton. I was looking through the courses. I'm like, oh, is there some kind of like television or art or something like that? And I found um, creative advertising and I was like, oh, this is cool. This is something I can take and maybe uh have fun but also at the end like not piss off my parents be like hey it's like you can get a job from here and I used to be very mindful of what other people thought of me instead of really going for what I wanted mm-hmm. which uh I don't know I think I would have done something ridiculous <laughs> like, you know, I probably would have went film or but long, another long story short during the advertising uh, program um there was one day we uh we uh we learned Final Cut Pro and the teacher let us rent out these cameras from from the school and we just had a competition who can make uh the most viral video and it was just like i once i learned how to use the cut button and mm-hmm. picked up a camera it was like i derailed advertising so much <laughs> i just kept renting out this camera me and my buddies were making comedy skits and um i didn't even realize i had a knack for film and like comedic timing with film until we did this viral video thing so shout out to my uh, old professor raf because this project changed my life and i basically did a kind of like a i kind of ripped off like the lonely island at the time <laughs> andy samberg he mm-hmm. used to do all these different uh i'm on a boat on a boat all those skits but uh what i ripped off was uh he did one with natalie portman the natalie portman rap where she's like the good girl gone bad type mm-hmm, thing yeah and um, 
So at the time, uh, I had long hair and a clean shaven face. And everywhere I go, people would say, you look like Josh Groban, Josh Groban. <laughs> so I did, uh, I did my uh, viral video was, uh, it w- I just called it Josh fucking Groban. <laughs> um, you can't find it on um, the internet anymore because as this was like in 08. And I feel like the times that the climate has changed so much. And, and just like what's acceptable as comedy <laughs> but it's like there's there's lines in it that were funny back then and now i'm just like oh like this could get me in trouble can you hear me seem to be freezing okay. shoot um i don't know why that's doing that let's try again okay right. <laughs> so there was lines yeah. you had to take out of or you didn't feel comfortable with josh groban that would like stand the test of time yeah, yeah. So you can't you can't find that video anymore. But uh, that video made me realize the power of the camera, even um, even uh, like the power of just having fun and making something special. Because I didn't realize what would happen. Because I I kind of won like viral competition, and it was within my classroom. Mm-hmm. But a year later, like I forget about this video. He show he starts using it as an example for his other classes. Mm. And I remember just going to the, like the college pub one night. And all the, this gang of girls ran up to me and they were just like, ah, Josh fucking grow, man, Josh. And I was just like, kind of like shy, awkward. I'm still shy and awkward, but I was just like, oh my God. And my buddies who knew what the video was are just like, yeah, I know Josh grow up. And we're just dancing with all these girls and stuff. And I'm like, yo, I got to pursue this stuff. But uh, again, um, so I, I mentioned, I kept playing with the, the camera over and over and over. And then my one buddy, he moved to Toronto and he made a website that doesn't exist anymore. It was called Tunes and T.O. And uh, he started getting into music media. And um, another long story short, he needed a camera guy and knew I still had access at school. So he's like, hey, Sean, can you um, rent out a camera? And um, I'm going to interview Shad K, a hip hop legend in Canada. Mm -hmm. And um, you can shoot a bit of a show if you want. I'm like, oh, that's cool. It's a little fun adventure. So we this is my first time being around um, a quote unquote celebrity <laughs> and, uh, and I filmed the interview and then uh, another magic happened where I'm uh, I'm filming and um, at the end of the show, Shad brings up a band that opened for him called Grand Analog and they're together. They got the band playing and the, t- and uh, Shad and the MC from that band, they're just freestyling like crazy and the rock in the crowd and then they see me in the crowd with the camera and they pull me on stage. So I'm up there with the camera. <laughs> Yo. Oh no, am I back? Am I back? Yeah. Yo, I don't know why this isn't happening. I pay, I paid I paid the internet bill. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, so so I'm back now. All right. Yeah. Yeah, so, sorry about this shit, man. No worries. Okay, okay. I think we're good now. All right. I feel bad this is going to be a bitch uh, to edit. You got a little puzzle to do. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to figure it out. But so uh, Shad pulls you up on stage. Yeah, he pulls me up on stage and uh, he starts freestyling about me. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And I remember what he said. He's like, he's like, he said something like, he's my man. He ain't no amateur. Make some noise for the camera. And the crowd is like, ah. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so amateur. This is the first thing uh, I've ever recorded live. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and again, it was another moment like the viral video where I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, there's power into like 
doing this media. It just connected me with like one of these artists I like listened to for years. And, uh, and then, uh, with that website, uh, tunes and TO, uh, again, um, I started off interviewing bands that were way out of my league. Cause my buddy was more into like hip hop and indie rock. And then he'd get the, these, uh, hit up from publicists from like all these metal bands from like Sweden and stuff like that. And he's just like, John, you like metal? You have you heard of these guys? And I'm like, oh my god, yes. Why? He's like, oh, you want to talk to them tomorrow? I'm just like, oh. And uh, I was doing like these interviews, and I can't even listen to them now. Like I'd cringe so bad, but mm-hmm. I just remember being so nervous and such a fanboy. But um, it was an amazing experience of just uh, I don't know, being scared and learning the craft on the fly, mm-hmm. and uh, almost like as you keep doing things and making mistakes you realize what you shouldn't do next time. And again, I wasn't trying to make a podcast. I wasn't trying to be an interviewer. This is how just life's throwing me around. And um, so I keep doing this just to get into free shows and uh, meet meet all my heroes. <laughs> and uh, again, uh, down the road, I met uh, King of the Dot uh, Battle Rap League. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started doing little mini documentaries around them and uh, some other artists I met in Toronto from like rappers and folk singers and stuff like that. And uh, King of the Dot also helped me sharpen my sword too, because one of their camera guys didn't show up. And um, after the battle raps, they would have like a guy kind of like Joe Rogan talk to everybody like, Oh, what happened in the battle? Talk to all the judges and stuff like that. And the, again, it's another moment. It's like, Oh, Sean has a camera. You do this. And then from doing that like every month interviewing like 20 people a day again it's just sharpening the sword blah 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 and like I mentioned on the side I was doing all these mini documentaries and I thought with my life what I wanted to be was a documentary filmmaker Mm -hmm. and I realized like there's all these awesome stories around me but to capture them in a film like way and just like on camera you literally have to follow somebody around all the time. It's exhausting. It takes years sometimes. It takes years, yeah. And my whole community is indie artists, so there's no money. And like I'm just like in a mode where like I don't know what to do. And uh, so I was experimenting with that here and there. And then uh, a couple years of doing that, King of the Dot, um, freelance video, doing music videos and filming comedy sets like I film pro wrestling like I'm I'm filming like all these different scenes and then I had an epiphany and it was around the time where I had a moment where I'm like I need to make a project for myself I'm just following everybody else's I don't know vision in a way you know and Mm -hmm. it's like like I could be creative but I had to be confined to those soup their rules or whatever and Sean just needed to do his own thing. So connecting to wanting to tell stories, um, it just sparked. I'm like, yo, I should make a podcast because I'm a a fan of podcasts. And that's what I've been consuming. And I'm like, let's just do this. I'm going to take my recorder. I'm not even going to have the video with it. And I'm going to call up the most interesting person I know. And that's going to be episode one. So my pal, uh, my mentor Supreme, he met me in a park and he is a rapper and a porn star. And I'm like, (laughs) this is how I want my show to start. 
Sammy <laughs> and uh, Josh Groban. And, and Josh, yeah, I had the Josh Groban fire again, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, that was the beginning seed of uh, of the podcast, and it turned into a beautiful adventure in my life. So I want to stay with this thread of the telling stories and uh, starting this podcast. How do you start these conversations? You've done 150, 150 plus of these conversations. How do you start them? Like, do you work on the opening question? Do you try to do something easy? Do you try something hard? I give you a packed opening question. Yeah. How do you get this conversation started? Yeah, I like, I like, I love your style, Sammy, with a packed question. But um, I used to write out tons of questions. And I noticed that earlier on, like, uh, it felt a little robotic, you know, and after time, I kind of learned how to make a interview sound like a conversation, like a natural, natural conversation. Even if I met, I'm just meeting the person for the first time at that moment, but th- throughout the natural conversation to ask the questions that need to be asked to hit key points of whatever they're promoting and also be a good listener and if they say something interesting be like oh how can we build on this and build a question on that but usually like if you listen to the episode i posted today with uh robert uh, watson who's a comedian um it starts off the zoom popped on i had record already playing and it's just like hey man great to meet you and it's like oh you too and blah 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 and um just it starts off with a little small talk and I remember just segueing and so saying, oh, so obviously comedy is just such a big part of your identity nowadays. I just kind of want to go back in time and just learn about you, like almost like if you were to meet somebody for the first time. And I, I'm kind of um, cognizant of if my listeners don't know who the guest is to kind of get them to tell a, their story in a very natural, comfortable way. And uh, it's almost like it's cool that you asked me this question because it's became such a part of my style that I don't even think about it anymore. It's just like I hit the button and something happens like uh, I just start rolling in a way where before maybe I would be nervous like back in the day of like, oh, what's my opener going to be type (laughs) of thing. (laughs) And now it's like I don't have an opener. I have these 30 bullet points in my mind and we're just gonna flow with whatever makes sense and and yeah it's it's very hard to break down because it's uh it seems very unconscious nowadays but i think that's with anything uh if you're putting in that many hours like if you you see like guitar players who can just rip a solo out of nowhere if you see like an amazing comedian live yeah it's uh i don't know it's just becoming a professional at your craft in a way what you're talking about sounds like a first date, like a good first date, right? Mm-hmm. Where somebody, yeah. you you meet somebody, maybe it's a blind date or a friend arranged it or something, or you got desperate and went on Tinder, but you, you meet somebody for the first time and you want them to feel safe enough to tell you a couple of stories, maybe a secret or two, have a couple of laughs and then go home and feel good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's crazy too. Um, I'm, I wouldn't say like, I'm not an awkward guy anymore. I'm still a little awkward, but I noticed post pandemic. So throughout the pandemic, I've been doing this podcast or whatever. And then the other day I was just at a party and I was talking to like all these really pretty girls, like to people listening, I am single. So it's like, it's cool. (laughs) It's cool. And I'm just like, 
we'll get I'm all those socials at I, the end. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't, I wasn't like even thinking, but I was just like in a nice flow with this conversation with this very pretty girl. We got a couple of drinks in us, and then all of a sudden we're just making out. And I was like, how did I segue to that? <laughs> and like <laughs> It's, it was almost like I was like in the same flow of my brain as when I'm like doing a podcast, just unconsciously trying to make the best conversation happen in a way and make some magic or whatever <laughs> you're trying to get out of it. But instead of uh, of uh, learning something about my guests, I was like trying to move in on the kiss. And then I like <laughs> I think about it and I'm like, I don't even know how I segued into that. It just happened. So I don't know uh, if uh if somebody needs to like work on like their social skills or they have trouble like talking to women or whatever, start a podcast and just do a lot of them. And it's just going to, I don't know, sharpen your natural social skills in a way. <laughs> Isn't that kind of funny? Cause like, like you said, you started your podcast and you want to let your friends shine. You want to give them a platform yeah. and like, this would be great. You can kind of talk about your things and your music or your uh, beatboxing or whatever it is. And you want to give them a platform, but then you 150 episodes later, take away like oh, I learned all these things I'm a better Sean than I was when I started yeah that's true too and that's something I gotta keep in mind um that's cool that you mentioned that as well because again it's like the creation of the creative imbalance it was a very unselfish thing I'm like I want to tell these stories but um yeah at the end of it I feel like I'm getting so much in a selfish way you know just from just being able to have wicked conversations with people I'm fans of and also the self-growth. And um, sometimes there's even more self-growth than I even realize. And then all of a sudden I'm in a situation, I'm just like, oh man, that's directly from just working on the podcast every day, every day. And um, that's growth has been in my mind a lot lately, especially in the last two weeks, I had a bit of downtime i recorded some episodes and then i kind of went in like a little burnout drought or whatever and i was kind of like i don't know the word for it kind of moping around the house like thinking mm -hmm. and uh sometimes overthinking but one thing that kind of got me out of the route or uh, the rut was thinking about what i have right now and where it can lead and now i'm trying to almost take it to the next destination if that makes sense and it kind of uh set a little fire in my heart and spirit where when things just started feeling monotonous about them the whole picture it's just like okay i'm just doing the cycle and everything's just kind of plateaued i'm just like kind of look at everything in the third person and being like okay like let's take this to another level and uh and yeah, that's been on my mind in the past few days. And uh, I'm glad you're interviewing me now and not like a week ago or I would just be like Debbie Downer mode. But <laughs> but but this week this week I'm like I'm like, yeah, let's go. Let's podcast. Yeah, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Which is funny too, because you've had a couple of guests I can think of at least where they focus on like yoga or meditation or self-care or like I'm kind of lumping all that together. I don't know if it necessarily belongs together, but I'm going to lump it together, yeah. right? And that's kind of been one of, the, I guess, the themes that runs through your shows is that idea of, like, being a creative person but also taking, like, care of yourself, right? Because if you don't yeah. take care of yourself, then you're not going to be, A, very creative. You're going to be mopey around the house. 
and you won't end up at end up at parties making out with girls is what you're saying. Yes, 100 percent. And um, this is something I learned from tipping the scale. <coughs> sorry, tipping the scales the other way of not taking care of myself. And this goes back to uh, almost like selfishly getting something out of these 150 episodes like having these meditation people on and like even at first i'm like oh these are good great messages to share with people and then i walk out of an episode and it's like oh my god i need to fucking put this all part of my life and even uh one one of my guests selena rose she's been on twice she's uh been in the studio where uh uh girth radio where we used to be at and uh, just recently, um, a month ago, she came back on the show. But in between those years, me and Selena kept in touch. And even uh, over the pandemic to kind of like for her to keep her meditation practices and being sharp for her clients and stuff like that. She was offering like these free sessions every Monday night and you just join her Zoom. And uh, I was like I was doing it religiously and almost like in a way, like some days I'd be like, again, moping around. It's like, Oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And then just showing up to those little like zoom conversations and just taking in, um, I don't know whether it's perspective, uh, learning how to breathe properly. I always say to her, like, uh, I'd never breathe properly unless she's around. She just reminds <laughs> me about it. Like, I didn't even know there's like a proper way to intake it, but women just, love being we, told they're breathtaking too, though. Yeah, exactly. There you go, Sammy. Always yeah. on fire. But um, yeah, and it's just uh, I find like was doing that every Monday was started getting addicting. Where if I missed the Monday class, I would get in a drought, you know. And I feel like that might also be unconsciously be a theme why I keep putting meditation people on my my show, like like the Shaolin monk as well and stuff like that. Because I feel like. I'm searching for some sort of inner peace that I don't have. And I, I could be fooling people because when they listen to the shows, they hear the best Sean, you know. Um, but some days I'm not in a good mood and I just turn it on, you know, because I'm conscious of uh, projecting good energy to other people, even when I'm not feeling that great, you know, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But um yeah, on the other side of the coin, like maybe I have these people on because I need help myself, you know, and but uh, I also get the feedback too, like when I post one of those episodes that uh, makes me want to do more is somebody will hit me up and be like, yo, I really, really needed to hear that this week or just them learning something. So I don't know, it's important. And I don't know, the show itself just seems very communal, like it doesn't have a huge audience, but uh, it's got this tight knit core and uh of like i keep seeing the same people kind of pop up and share it and give me feedback and i'm i like i mentioned i'm working on making it grow a little further but you know what if it stays with this group i'm i'm still doing this for the rest of my life <laughs> until i don't have a voice or i die like this is <laughs> this is it this is the sean thing man <laughs> yeah. yeah and then how are you balancing then like like you said you're not necessarily feeling that good. Like I had a friend who does uh, radio for a living. She's a radio DJ. And so one time I was hanging out with her in the studio 
and she had broken up with her boyfriend at the time. So, of mm. course, she's down in the dumps, right? Like, it just happened a couple of days ago, and she's feeling terrible and stuff like this. But then she go- goes on the radio, and she's like, oh, that hey! was Smashing Pumpkins, right? I can't wait for <laughs> yeah, that, right? Yeah. And she's all, like, all excited, and, like, Radiohead's got a new album. Wow. Like, you know what I mean? And then she gets off the mic, and then she's like, oh, everything sucks. I'm never going to find love again. And, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, so, yes. So how are you balancing then, like you said? Uh, I guess the 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 Sean being all up and being all excited and like hooray for everything versus being like vulnerable and like open and like maybe I don't really have the groove or I'm not really feeling it today. How do you balance that with all these like guests? Um yeah, um so I I feel like sometimes uh if you don't see an episode for a week <laughs> that means <laughs> that means Sean's. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to say this now because maybe w- one week coming up, I'm just gonna be like legitimately busy, and somebody's <laughs> gonna hit me up and be like, "Yo, man, you all right?" Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> knocking I... on my door. Like, <laughs> I haven't heard from you. Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> Expecting me to find me like yeah. he's dead or something, but <laughs> that's a little dark. Whatever. But <laughs> but man, I feel like. Another special thing about the show, and I haven't thought about it till right now, like some days where I do have somebody booked and um, I I never cancel when I'm feeling bad. I'll just like be like, okay, I'm going to take a little breather, do some Selena Rose messages (laughs) or uh, or meditations. Shout out to Selena again. (laughs) But uh, then I, I get into it and I realize the act of just doing the podcast is very, very, very healing to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether like, I just love good conversation. I love arts and entertainment and doing the podcast, no matter what my problem is, will take my mind off of it and I'll feel healed in in a way. And uh, even going into it, um, if I'm feeling bad and maybe I'll have second thoughts, Oh, maybe I should cancel today. I'm like, really down or whatever when I finally do it I'm like oh I'm glad I did that and maybe like the little problems that I have in the back of my mind you realize there's I don't know there's just a bigger picture or like I don't know what it is it could be a bunch of things it kind of makes me feel like I have some kind of purpose in this world in a way and um so another meditation thing I was listening to um almost like how your thoughts can get out of control Mm -hmm. and uh it was, uh, it was Eckhart Tolle, uh, who I listened to once in a while, and he was saying that uh, every thought that comes to your head is not the reality. Like, it's mm. not, it's just these little entities. And like, I don't, uh, some people can be in like a tug of war, like they say, the devil and angel on their mm. shoulder. Or even if you have a self-deprecating talk or uh, thought that just... Mm. It's totally mean and vicious to you. It makes you like feel down. <laughs> you got to remember that's like, that may not be your reality. It's just this whatever thing that's going on in your head might got triggered from something, mm-hmm. but uh, you can believe you can, you can trick yourself like falling into depression by believing things that aren't true. Just uh, things kind of spiral in your head. So he, what, what he was talking about too, and this is something I've been thinking about, like when you do get something like very, very, very negative in your head to just really like, look at that from the third person instead of the first person and and uh be constructed in a way and be like no like that's not it that's not me that's yeah. just a little fucking trip on the sidewalk right now <laughs> you know it's like we're good we're good type of thing you don't dwell in because people can live in that and 
everything, man. <laughs> yeah, it's hard sometimes to see your own blind spots, right? Like when you're driving yeah. before you change lanes or something, you can go and you can look and make sure there's no other cars there. There's a there's a way to actually check the blind spot and then you safely navigate into that new lane, right? And you stay in your mm -hmm. lane, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but when it's like sometimes with you or like yourself or you're dealing with yourself or like, you know, if you've had a terrible interview or you something kind of like you said, something else is going on in your head, it can be hard sometimes to be like, you know, you forget that like I'm good at this stuff. Yeah, yeah. It almost throws like the whole decade of me doing media out the window. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. But um, I don't know. The mind's interesting. And I feel like um, this is a common thing with creatives, whether they show it or not. And that's the reason why I kind of do the self-care episodes once in a while, too. And uh, or even sometimes um, the conversations get led that way when I'm an art with talking with an artist. And it's not like something. I plan on doing it just kind of comes through natural conversation and I guess uh, one of the special things about uh, my show and the style I learned to do an interview um, lots of people always tell me that uh, I make them so comfortable that they forget they're on a microphone and um, that's nice Sean yeah I feel like people can I don't know open up uh, in a way and it's not like I'm I'm purposely trying to do that for like evil, like yo, like tell me all your secrets. Uh, it's just it just turns into something. And uh, like I mentioned, like the podcast's whole journey happened by accident. But I feel like it's almost meant to be. It's like uh, with that aspect of it and part of my personality. It's uh, I don't know. It's been an interesting journey and and everything. And even like I got to thank you for really putting me on connecting me with like different publicists and stuff like that. And, uh, it's always cool. Like, cause I, again, like back to the negative voices in my head. Um, sometimes I think, Oh, my show's so small and this and that and that. And then I get these messages back from the PR people and, uh, their guests, maybe they did CBC that day. Maybe they were like on breakfast television. Maybe they were on like all these mainstream things and so often I get a little message back and they said, hey, my my guest said you were the best one of the day. And I'm like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. that's like, cool. that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And even another another memory of of me and you when you uh, you did an episode with me, you co-hosted with uh, we had Monroe Chambers on from Degrassi and <laughs> Turbo Kid and stuff. I remember the the publicist that day was like, hey, we booked your show to be last because you're at a bar and I know you're, you're going to be so laid back with him. He's doing all these fucking like television stuff and that those type of medias and like radio, like live radio, it's so intense, but mm -hmm. like the platform I do and the platform you do, it's just kind of pre-recorded and it's a very, very safe place. And I think people are kind of figuring that out. And, uh, I think they send people to me as like a little refresher in a way, like <laughs> which is the is the biggest compliment like I've ever got doing the show from uh, people in the industry. So yeah, just like I want to thank everybody who's been rocking with me and and um, putting me on these these bigger guests and and yeah, it's been cool. It's what you said before about uh, like Strombo and uh, Howard Stern, like that candid talk, right? Mm -hmm. Which you don't yeah. usually get a lot of times. It's like. 
you'll see it too like on late night stuff with like Jimmy Kimmel and like when Conan was on and stuff like that it's like was it fun working with George Clooney okay when does the movie come out thanks for dropping by and then you're done right yeah yeah and I, I know those things are those shows and things like that are also set up just for jokes and those kind of things and I get that but there is a, a hunger and a desire for like real talk and candid talk and where people couldn't like you know this is what mm-hmm. I'm thinking about or like you know I made this movie because of these I, I experienced this situation or I know these people are suffering and like you know what I mean like let's get into this stuff let's have some fun and let's also get into this stuff yeah actually um something uh crazy was gonna come up and uh it's not gonna happen anymore I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the exclusive on this I haven't Yo, talked to anybody about this drop it. but um uh, you know how I did that episode with uh, Commander X, mm-hmm. uh, the leader of Anonymous? And so, again, that's wild. And again, from making people feel comfortable, I think he's only did a couple uh, media pl- things. And they were all like mainstream, like television, radio, like maybe five other ones. And then Sean's show, for whatever reason, <laughs> they asked me. And um, so I'm like, oh, this is cool. And uh they, they gave me the list of all the people in the documentary of who I could talk to. They're like, oh, you can talk to the director. You can talk to Commander X, or you can talk to Commander X. I'm like, I want to talk to Commander X. And they're <laughs> like, okay, but you can't talk to him without his friend being there because he's hiding in Mexico and uh, he has to patch him in. And I'm <laughs> glad his friend was there. Ian, he was a brilliant dude and fucking uh, a great author. And like, it was cool to meet him. But so they patch him in. And I'm thinking I get like a half hour or whatever. X, like, he was so used to like kind of like being doing the TV where they cut you off after like three minutes or whatever. He goes on a three hour tangent. Um, I had to cut the episode into two parts. It was amazing. (laughs) I just let him do his thing. And then at the end of the episode, we stopped the recording and we talked for another 40 minutes. And uh, he was telling me how he's just like, He's like, oh, I love this 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 platform. It's like you can just say what you want, right, and stuff like that. And he's like, uh, he's like, right now Julian Assange is in a lot of trouble, and if you want you want to talk about him, I, I'm going to come on again, and I'm going to get you some guests that are going to blow your mind. I'm like, okay, dude, okay. And then he's telling his friend, he's like, he's like, he's like, give him my email, um, and and don't share this with everybody. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, this is cool, this is cool, and uh. So I get this email. It's the sketchiest email looking email. Like, I think he's just got this pirate, like, off the grid email. It wasn't at Gmail. It was at something weird. I'm yeah. like, yo, I'm getting, I'm getting hacked. I'm getting, this is my mind. I'm like, I'm going on the FBI watch list. So I hit him up. I'm like, thank you so much for doing that episodes or those episodes. Um, I just said, I'm like, excuse me. I'm like, these are like, these are some of the best recordings I ever had. And, and thank you. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Like, keep in touch. If you want to do the Julian shit, like, let's do it. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll hit you up in like a month or so. Um, a couple weeks go by, I get a message from his buddy, Ian, like it's, it's like an email and it's, uh, it's tagged all the PR people and stuff like that. And, um, basically long story short, uh, why I talked to him, he was part of this documentary and in the documentary, he hopped the Canadian border and the American border and went to Mexico. And the happy ending of the documentary is he found safe Haven in Mexico and the government gave him a green card or whatever. And um, actually during my episode, X was telling me, he's like, Oh, I'm not scared of the Mexican people. But he said, when I see an American, I get really, really nervous. And I never, I didn't think about it when he said that to me. 
And uh, yeah, two weeks later, apparently uh, some Americans went over and captured him and brought him back to America because there's a bounty on him, like oh. a huge bounty. And uh, he was on trial right now for 10 years of hacking crimes. And he's he seems like he's completely fucked. And we're not doing an episode three anytime soon. Okay. <laughs> but, but, but again, it, that why, why I told the story, it goes back to me unconsciously doing these interviews where making people feel so comfortable that they just want to be on the platform, even though it's not a big platform. And um, to connect something else I said earlier, where I'm, uh, I'm thinking about the next step or whatever, I, I had a spark in the past week where I feel like it's my duty to make it a bigger platform. Um, I have all the pieces of the puzzles. I have uh, the bricks to build the house, but I haven't built the house. I'm still sitting in this shack, you know, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, <laughs> yeah. but it's a, it, it's a, it's a cool shack, you know, <laughs> there's like, there's a lava lamp over there. You can smoke weed in here, whatever. <laughs> but I feel like with the pieces I have, I'm not totally utilizing and I've plateaued from pushing it to the next level. And that's where my mind's at. And whether that happens or not is up in the air. But that's my next step and drive to to uh, make something happen. And uh, I'll tell you a little more details uh, after the recording of my next step of plan, because I don't want to jinx it of uh, putting it out there. And then all right, we'll leave happen. that for now. But I do want to like ask if this is all related to you making the switch. You initially, when we were recording, we used to record in a bar in downtown Toronto the, at the Pacific Junction Hotel Bar. Uh, moment of silence yeah. for that place. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we used Shout to outs to everybody. <laughs> I love that place so much. We used to record <laughs> there and used to do audio. We all did audio only. Uh, yeah. But now, um, as I said, that place went away, unfortunately. It went to the, the big bar in the sky. And so now mm -hmm. you, are, you made the transition. I stayed with audio. But you made a transition and you went to video. And, mm -hmm. and is that part of like your kind of like, I guess, that first date mentality of making the guests feel good and feel comfortable and like that connection again? Um, a little bit. Yeah. Call him A, call him B here. Uh, like, um, I feel like just I'm a videographer and like the whole time I'm like, why haven't I been doing video with the show? And um, I find uh, starting a YouTube channel in the year. 2021 is a really difficult thing to do especially since um the tiny audience i have their habits are to go on spotify and itunes to listen to me so i've been posting videos which is a lot of extra work and they don't they don't get a lot of hits but i find the power in it is i can take clips of the videos and um put them on instagram put them mm -hmm. on facebook so in a way it's uh the video is helping the advertising mm -hmm. but uh the YouTube channel of the full length episodes is uh, is kind of like a ghost town right now, but uh, pushing forward, um, I don't even think like videos need is needed. But I'm I'm gonna keep doing it anyways, just because uh, it helps so much with like sharing clips and stuff like that. And uh, lots of people have been telling me I gotta start putting them on TikTok because the algorithm's been good and. And just even like I noticed, like tagging the right things in an Instagram post that it's been helping people find the show or like find um, interviews with people they're fans of. And and like maybe you won't like say I get a bigger guest. Maybe you won't keep all the people who listen to. But there's always two or three or hit me up and they say, oh, I came for this person. But 
I like this style of interview. So now I'm listening to all these or binge watching the show. And then I cringe. I'm like, don't listen to episode one. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Start at episode um, yeah. 79 yeah. or something like, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, there's a, there's a bit of power to like making the little, uh, the little clips I notice, And cause I guess that's the way everybody's consuming stuff. They're scrolling on their phones uh, and they pass by and they're like, Oh, what's this? What's this? And yeah. And so where can people find you online then to like access the show? Then, like you said, you started a YouTube channel, you're on Spotify. Where can people find you online? To Everywhere that you can listen to podcasts, the creative imbalance is there. So Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, you name it. Um, I'm on all the social media things. Uh, there's a Facebook page. Um, if you want to see the clips, um, Instagram, you'll always get the clips as well. Um, Twitter. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's everywhere you can get it. I, I noticed one thing too. I was so stubborn about, uh, putting it on, I forget what my original platform was, but I was just so stubborn of like trying to get everybody to get to this one place. And I realized if you can make your thing accessible to everyone, you might not even be able to track all your, hits here and there so I, I always uh at the beginning like as I was building my name um I always hated the question of when a publicist would say oh how many listens you got I'm like oh my god I gotta do so much work I gotta click around and <laughs> on 40 different sites but now um I'm very proud of uh how I built the brand where I don't get to ask that question anymore they're just like oh this is Sean we know this guy is he's, he's gonna we'll send him this person and he'll do a decent interview mm-hmm. we hope and, and, <laughs> and yeah and uh yeah so yeah to, to say like i'm just i'm just everywhere that's convenient to you and say you listen to something you want to check out the show and you got like some weird thing like you're still on myspace or something like that if that or and uh you want the show there just hit me up and i'm gonna put it there i'm gonna i'm gonna just make it for everybody right now that's very nice sharing is caring is there an mm-hmm. episode or two that people should listen? You mentioned the Shaolin Monk. Uh, you miss, You mentioned Commander X. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think one of my strongest recordings, Strombo. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, there's, there's so many special ones to me, but uh, I think uh, one of the few times this has happened when I chopped up an episode, it was uh, the Commander X when I was making it into parts, and uh, I didn't. I was so engulfed with the moment. I almost forgot like everything he said. And then, so I made the first part. I'm like, this is going to be like an hour to hour, 20 minutes. I, uh, I hit the, the little markers and I listened to it and he landed on such like a haymaker strong point. And I remember just stopping it. I'm like, I think that's the best solid recording I've ever done. <laughs> like ever, like just as a, a piece of podcast, uh, I don't know whether whether you call it art or work or just it's it, that was like I felt like a bit of a masterpiece. But then I get hit up where that's that's my personal favorite. Um, lots of people like the more chill, candid conversations. Like you mentioned the George Strombo one, and uh, that's um, hit a lot to people where where it just 
sometimes they didn't he- they haven't heard him this candid and you hear how he was how heartbroken he was by much music changing and how he made the house of Strombo because he walked down the street and saw Queen Street and he got fucking pissed off and he called his buddies like we're doing a show in my living room and just like like things like that and so many moments and yeah it's hard to pick my favorites but uh yeah those are the two that always stand out with people um and it depends what you're into if you're into film comedy music battle rap (laughs) beatboxing pro wrestling fucking meditation like there's something that's special in its own way like in uh and yeah it's it's really hard to pick one because um it depends on what you you're in the mood for so i asked you that really packed question at the beginning of the episode and there's one part you didn't ask and that was partly my fault because i did pack the question but i asked oh, you it's all good but i asked you to list a couple of your favorite metal bands just so people get a flavor of you and this is how we're going to end it now so yeah we, awesome uh, it's so now I'm going to so go make want... a sandwich because I don't know anything about metal. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you want like of all time or what I'm listening to right now? Uh, give me all time just so we people get a sense of who you okay. are. Right? Yeah, yeah. And even like I feel like a, maybe I don't spin these guys as often as I did back in the day. But what really shaped me when I was a kid was Metallica. The first four albums kind of blew me away. And I love not listening to them for a while and then going back because um, I don't know. I feel like it's overplayed in my brain. But then when I, I pause and not like maybe take a year off from or two from a certain album, I go back. I'm like, oh, I remember why this hit type of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so there's there's Metallica um, was always the big one when I was an awkward preteen. This is the embarrassing shit. And it didn't mm-hmm. stick with me, but I turned into like one of those corn limp biscuit kids <laughs> where I had the I had the corn shirt, the baggy fucking pants and stuff. But then um that segued me into learning guitar and I started getting into more technical stuff and learning about uh like true um like metal bands and like all these Swedish like gothic crazy stuff and even like American metalcore. And uh one thing's that that blew me away. I watched um, this one block on, uh, I had an illegal satellite when I was a teenager <laughs> and I was getting all the American channels. And on one of the MTVs, they did this show called Headbangers Ball, which is there much mm-hmm. loud. And um, early 2000s, the genre of metalcore popped up. And I saw this one block and it was four videos. And one was Kill Switch Engage, My Last Serenade. Um, in flames, I've cloud connected was the song Camara down again. And then there was one, there was one more band. Fuck. It's, it's bugging me, but those three bands were in the block. And then I'm like, what is this music? And it was also mixed where they would scream the, the verses. And then it had this melodic, like trains, beautiful singing in the courses and at the time there there wasn't that mix and i remember just uh getting a buzz off that and uh yeah throughout my life uh kill switch has been one of my biggest or one of my favorite bands and all their little side projects of times of grace and uh with all the different singers they had like their different side projects uh howard jones who's uh an amazing uh 
dude uh he started doing uh light the torch a couple years ago he got burnt out from touring and then quick kill switch and then he's like oh i need to get back into music again now he's in this other band it's awesome but uh yeah so it, it went from traditional metal to all the crazy rap shit where it's like corn limp biscuit rage against the machine to metalcore and now current sean loves there's a kind of like a throwback to like the old with a mix of the new and there's bands like uh power trip and creeping death and and uh yeah tons of stuff like that and uh yeah just uh it's, it's all over the place i can talk to metal about metal for like four hours but i'm tr i'm really trying to like compress it for you sammy and i know Thank you're you. totally lost right now yeah but, um i i think i should leave it at that yeah please do <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> thanks sean uh so congratulations on 150 episodes that is a nice milestone uh if uh i don't know if we can still do high fives during covid or not but that is uh i'm down yeah <laughs> yeah dude like i i miss you and we definitely got to go for a patio beer or something like that and you're you're gonna give me a high five even if it kills me and you at the same time okay. that's, that's how I, that's how i want to go out with positivity you know there you go that's a positive <laughs> yeah. note right there we can leave it right there but we covered quite yeah. a bit that you have 150 episodes the show is called the creative imbalance and uh it has just the craziest collection of creative individuals including yourself who hosts mm -hmm. yeah so. facts man and yeah before we go to i want to thank you for everything man you've you were one of these people who uh kept me motivated uh during times and i feel like there's always some key person in my life every couple of years that helps me push the, the show forward and uh just you allowing me to record in that space of pacific junction and girth radio and like we on this episode we just slightly mentioned it but really like that place was so special and just the vibe of everything and i think about it too and it's like those couple of years are, were some of the best times of my life, man. Like, honestly, it's, uh, it was like, you see the, the show cheers and it's this, the <laughs> song, everybody knows your name. It was like that, but better. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like I'd walk in there. It's just beautiful women. I still keep in touch with all the bartenders too. Mm -hmm. I go in, it's all hugs. Emery's giving me a 40, a Corona, which is <laughs> on the house. And then I'm recording a show and I'm talking to like, some of my heroes like i'm sitting across at the sock i'm getting hammered and then the tabs taken care of i'm doing like it was the most beautiful way to like progress at a craft and i don't think i'm ever going to have that experience again and it was such a special time of my life and i thank you so much for allowing me in those doors sammy you're you're the king that's why i call you the king even <laughs> in my phone the, I, I was trying to look for sammy and yeah. it, i couldn't find it because it was under the k section oh king yeah sammy <laughs> uh, thank you sean those are nice words but i just wanted to say too like the because we were in a bar setting and it, which is such an unusual setting for when you start a podcast or when you host a podcast, it allowed us to experiment, right? Like the mm -hmm. fact that the guests could get drinks. Um, I know one of my guests, you were saying before, sometimes you really, you feel like you want to like cancel the episode or you're not really feeling that well. I know one of my guests, she had like a rough day and she came in and she saw the bar and people were having fun and there was like music and everything. And it just lifted her spirit. Like I hadn't done anything yet. Right. She just got in the place. Yeah, right. there was there was an energy to it. And mm -hmm. I remember doing an episode uh, right after my uh, my lady of six years uh, broke up with me. It was a week of and I was destroyed. 
and um i forget oh yeah i guess it was like some comic book dude and uh, i remember walking in and again the vibe just shifted me and just being around people uh who it was like a community that was so loving whether you're working at the bar or like doing shows or whatever it was uh it was it's was so healing and i used to always call it uh, my sanctuary and i actually recorded it on sunday and sometimes i'd be like oh i'm going to church i'm going to the bar <laughs> It was freaking awesome. And uh, even I, I I still like recently a few or no, it was one month ago. Somebody posted on Twitter. And uh, right now, uh, this guy, uh, Bobby Lashley, he's the WWE champion. Mm -hmm. And uh, he did a show at the Phoenix, uh, an indie show before he was fully signed. And uh, I got to interview him and all his gang of wrestlers around there. And they had a night at the Pacific Junction Hotel. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And somebody somebody um i i didn't even follow them but they were like there that night and uh remember the, the how weird the menu was at that bar yeah like they, they're being like crickets apparently like bobby lashley he saw, he saw crickets he's like ordered everybody crickets and everybody was <laughs> eating crickets. and uh somebody retweeted a photo with him in the we championship in front in like a stadium of like thirty thousand people like pyro and everything he's like every time i see lashley all i think about us is like eating crickets on king street <laughs> and I, I i hit the person up i'm like oh my god that was my show that was awesome and yeah, and yeah it's just like there's so many little special moments there and I can go on and on with like mm -hmm. different guests from like Ed the Sock and like the band Anvil I had in there. Oh my God. Like it's beautiful. And you, one, one thing that stands out in my mind too, is when you had Sam Roberts in there. Oh and yeah. How he, yeah. He had to play an arena and he didn't want to leave. Mm -hmm. Like his publicist was like trying to pull him out of the door and he's just like kind of sitting at tables talking to all the fans and you can just see her rolling her eyes just like oh my fucking god come yeah. on sam let's go and i remember he was right about to go out the door somebody shakes his hand and they were like it's my birthday today and sam's like it's your birthday oh and sits at the table and this publicist is like oh god <laughs> Again, it's the bar, it's the vibes, it's beauty, man. Yeah. It's beauty. Well, it's you what can't you're replicate that. Yeah, it's what you're saying before. We're like Sam Roberts does a lot of like CBC, Q, he does a whole bunch of shows. And then yeah. he came here and he's like, I said to him, Do you want a beer? It's like, what? Like the fact <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like all I gotta do is ask like all, all I gotta do is talk about the album that I wrote wrote and recorded and then have a beer for like 10, 15, 20 minutes. I'm like, Yeah, all right, let's do this. Right? Yeah. Or at the end of the night, the guests will be like, uh, like I'll order some food and stuff. And they're like, oh, how much? It's like, you don't have to pay anything. You just go. I'm like, like really? <laughs> like, we ate a lot. I'm like, I know. It's just part of the thing. You know, <laughs> it was. And yeah, I guess that's that's another reason why people want to keep coming back. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we'll end it there, Sean. But thank you. And congratulations on 150 episodes. That is an amazing accomplishment. And like to see how where you've gone kind of evolved to listen to your style to listen to your episodes it's like you can see the growth right like mm. you know what i mean it's like the classic thing of like um when you have a kid and you measure them against that like that door frame in the kitchen or something right and you put the yeah. little marks and like you know you're yeah. like this tall at like 16 and then like by the time you're like 20 you're like six feet or whatever like you can do the little marks and you can kind of see the growth and that's definitely yeah. over the 150 episodes. Anybody who's been with you on this journey, as you said, the small community knows, like, you can see the marks in the, the oh, kitchen man. Door, door frame. 
Sammy, that warmed my heart. And uh, yeah, thanks. You've definitely been around the journey and you're going to still be around the journey. And uh, and yeah, thanks for just noticing that, acknowledging it and being a mentor. And you're like you said, you're making the marks. You're my pod father, man. The pod father. <laughs> <laughs> Officially. I'm, I'm changing your name in my phone from oh my King gosh. Sammy to pod father. All but. right. Thanks, John. Later. Yeah. Thank you, Sammy. Yes. I'm so going to start using the phrase, I got that Josh Groban fire in my conversations now. I am not Tony Robbins. I am Sammy, and that was Sean, who hosts the Creative Imbalance podcast. Your homework for this episode is to subscribe to Sean's podcast, and please and thank you, subscribe to mine, My Summer Layer. Because... Just imagine how much better your life would be if you subscribe to both podcasts. All this glorious sarcasm, witty insights, and seriously serious joy delivered right to your front door. Or whatever is the digital equivalent of your front door. Like, with a pitch like that, how could you not want to subscribe? You get all that for one simple click? Yo, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to me in a busy podcast world. Josh Groban fire, yo.